Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Today called Finding Freedom, right? Experiencing real and relevant freedom in Christ. And this series um, is kind of a, a jump start to something that we have been trying to develop. Pastor Gill's been looking at as far as a uh, discipleship kind of uh, program that our church could be walking through. And we felt like this was one of the major key components that we wanted to at least begin to engage our congregation in. And so that's why you have a notebook with you. Um, that way you can take notes. And then if you're in a connect group, you can, you, we're going to be talking about that in our connect groups and talking about what the message was and what, what it meant to you. What, what is God saying to you? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? What is he revealing to you? So if you're not in a connect group, I would urge you to somehow find a way to get in a connect group. Um, there's a connect group that Lorraine has here on Wednesday nights uh, for just ladies. There's a men's connect group that I'm doing Saturday mornings. And so I uh, just want you to have the opportunity to engage, to be a part of it. And, um, and I'm going to give you kind of this, this opening thing here is this series kind of comes and is kind of adapted from a series by Robert Morris. Um, not that we ran out of things to preach. All right. Cause there's a whole bunch of stuff in this Bible that we can preach, but, um, we really felt like what, what he had brought to his congregation was something that was very important for us in this season. And so we're kind of adapting it a little bit. We're changing a little bit. But man, if you were, were to go online and you were to look at YouTube or even he has a book called Free Indeed, if you were like, you'll find some things and go, oh, hey, I, I saw that. So I, I'm not trying to, to plagiarize. I'm not trying to do that. But you'll find some key elements. But I just wanted to be upfront, right? So you don't go, man, check out Pastor Scott. He's stealing someone else's message. Okay, I'm not trying to. But as a, as a group, we felt like this is some, some key things for us to be able to learn how do we walk in freedom. So John chapter 8, hopefully you found it there. I gave you a long enough introduction. We find Jesus uh, talking to, to some Jews, um, Jewish people, and he was just finishing up um, kind of defending himself, right? Before them, he was, he was defending uh, who he is. And, um, of course, his, his coming departure to the Father. And the Scripture tells us those listeners believed in him. Th- those things that he said began to trigger something in them, and they begin to have faith in who he was. So he follows this up by sharing with them in this verse, verse 31 and 32 of John chapter 8, okay? Which I believe is still very applicable to us today. He says this, as Jesus talking, says, Jen, Jesus, to those Jews who believed him. Okay, now some, some uh, scripture uh, things say who believed in him. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So let me establish this truth right off the bat right here. God's heart for you and I is for you and I to walk in freedom in every area of our life. That's God's heart. 
right? God's heart is for you and I to walk in freedom in every area of our life. Now, let me give you a definition of freedom. Freedom is the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved to something. Freedom is the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved to something. But the enemy, the enemy's heart for us is the exact opposite of what God's heart is. The enemy, right? He has no plans for you to walk in freedom in your life. Freedom from things that have been attached to your life for maybe ages or maybe new things. The enemy has no plan for you to walk in freedom. In fact, he will do everything he can to keep you from walking in freedom. He'll do everything he can for, to keep you from even listening or, or coming to church to hear the truth that we're going to reveal over these next several weeks. Because to him, he doesn't want to be exposed. Because truth always exposes the lie. Okay? It always exposes the lie. And you know what? Satan doesn't want that. He doesn't want the lie exposed. He doesn't want you to know the revelation of the truth. Because you know what? As John chapter 10 says, he's a thief, right? He's a robber. And when you take that and you look at Proverbs 6.31, Proverbs 6.31 tells us that a thief, when caught, he has to restore what has been stolen seven times. Seven more. So if you're able to look at it and say, you know what? No, 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 no. I see the enemy in my life in this area. I am catching him right now. I am going to expose him to the truth of God's word. Then you know what? The Bible says that the enemy, once he is caught, then he has to return seven more, seven times more than what he's stolen. Think about that. That, wow, that's amazing. That's awesome. But see, what... What we don't understand is that we have authority over the enemy. We don't understand that sometimes. And I'll I'll, I'll talk about that in just a second. So what we want to do over the next several weeks is to show you God's truth through God's word can set you free. Okay? So God's truth through God's word can set you free just as Jesus promised. Right? That's what he promised When he said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. But it only happens if you choose to believe. Now here's the key. And apply. Right? Only if you choose to believe and apply what is revealed, I believe, in these next coming weeks. And the Holy Spirit will help you. Right? When there's areas that you don't understand about Scripture, ask the Holy Spirit. He'll help you. He'll help you to understand or ask somebody that you respect that, that, that knows something about God's word. But see, God's ultimate goal is he wants you to walk in freedom and in victory to live a glorious, liberated life in him. That's what God has intended for each one of us. But here's the sad reality, okay? That so many don't understand that being Now, hear me when I say this. Being ignorant to the truth of God's word about freedom 
is one of Satan's most successful tools to keep us living in bondage. The fact that we are ignorant to the fact that we can be free is Satan's one of Satan's ultimate tools, right? To get us to keep living in this bondage that he wants us to live in, to not live in victory. And here's bondage for you, okay? Bondage is to be enslaved, to serve, to be in, in service involuntarily to something or someone. To be enslaved, to serve, to be in service involuntarily to something or so or someone. So, I'm going to throw out this question to you, and it's, it's already a yes question, okay? Is it possible that believers can live in bondage? Yes. Believers can live in bondage. Listen to some of these areas, okay? I don't know if they'll trigger something in you. I don't know if all of a sudden you'll hear that and go, hmm, interesting. But in areas such as lust, anger, envy, offense, worry, addictions, compulsive behaviors, right? And the list really can go on and on and on. Even though, right, as believers, we know that what we're doing is wrong. But sometimes we find ourselves that that pull is just too strong. And we, we kind of slip back into these routines or these practices or these things that are actually bondage that the enemy has put into our life. Like, you know, for an, for an example, and one of those things, like angry, being angry all the time. Or, man, man, at the flip of the switch, something, little, tiny, little thing. But, man, you just go off the handle, and it becomes something that just explodes in you. And you're just like, ah! And then you're just like, for lack of a what better way to describe it, you're just burning forest fires everywhere, right? And, man, you're just burning bridges, and, man, it's just all whatever. And then from there, you might take offense, to something that someone said, and well, man, I don't like them anymore. Man, I just, man, I'm not even talk to them. I'm just this, that, or whatever. When Jesus says, no, man, you're supposed to love your enemy, right? Even when they talk about you, talk bad about you, you are still supposed to love. But, but see, there's something inside of us sometimes that swells up that says, oh, man, no way. I'm not, I'm not going to allow that to happen. Or even addictions. There might be certain things you're just addicted to that, that, that try to take over your life. So you can be enslaved to them. Because they are the ones that are actually controlling you. Okay? So when we find that, that, that happens, um, I know for me personally, there are times then I get discouraged. Right? I, I begin to kind of walk in defeat. Ah, man, I messed up again. I blew it. Um, I, man, it's just, oh, this is so just kind of frustrating. And what happens is, is the enemy win, starts to win. Because I, I'm so much on this side that I forget, right, to apply what Jesus has accomplished for me in the work of the cross. I forget about it because I'm, I'm just so, I'm beating myself up. Who loves that? Right? The enemy does. He wants you to beat yourself up. He wants you to feel very alienated or separated from God. But see, as a believer, we have every right then to come boldly into his throne room of grace 
and say, hey, I, yeah, I've got an issue here. I've messed up. I've done this. And then we have to begin to apply, right? We have to begin to apply what Jesus has accomplished in our, our, in our life. So we've got to be willing to pursue the truth so that we can allow him to intervene. If we don't pursue the truth, when we don't look at things, because part of today is just kind of opening up this, this window or like, you know, like the description there, you got those little, um, um, what are those? Tele, I can't remember what those things are. Anyway, so you can see clearly, you can see farther, you can see the distance. Um, and so what we want you to be able to do is just understand that there might be some things in your life that the enemy has a grip on you about, okay? So the title of our message today is Outside Interference. Outside Interference. And let me pray for us and we'll jump into another portion of John chapter 8. Holy Spirit, thank you for being here. Speak to us about outside interference. Give us understanding of, of all that we're going to expand on today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so John... Verse 36. Now here's Jesus. He's continuing to teach. And it kind of becomes our theme verse for this message or for this series. John 8.36 says, Therefore, if the Son makes you free. Who's the Son? Jesus. Right? Therefore, if Jesus makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Right? Wow. That's a promise right there. That's an absolute 100% promise to you. But it's what we engage in, what we understand, what we know to be true for our lives and begin to apply it. So now, let's go to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, and we're going to read about a man that encounters freedom because of his encounter with Jesus. But before that freedom happens, Jesus has to deal with his bondage. Or we could say outside interference. So Mark chapter 5, verses 1, and we're going to read all the way to 20. It says this. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the uh, Gardeans. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one, no one could bind him. Not, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with chain, shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him. And the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and he worshipped him. And he said, right, or, and it said, and he, now he here is not the man. Okay, you got that? This is the demon that's in him. He's, he's got this demon in him. Okay, it says, and he cried out with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? The reason why I can say that is because we'll, we'll read a little bit further down here. There, there's two different reactions. Because the, the demonic influence says, what do you have to do with us? And then if you read a little bit farther, which we'll get to, the man comes and, and, and bows before Jesus. Two different things, right? Okay. 
So he says, what do you have to do with us? Da, da, da. What, um, Jesus, son of the high God, I implore you by God that you do not torment me. Verse 8. For he said to him, come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Now that's a military term. That's about 6,000 demonic influences in his life. That's a lot. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. And one of the things that in, in, in looking at the message, they, they talked about how if, if a man could hold 6,000 demonic spirits in him, think of your capacity to hold God in you. Right? Like flip it. Think, oh man, 6,000, that's a lot. Oh my gosh. Yeah, at the same time, we can look at it and say, man, you know, that's, I, can, I can be filled with the presence of God even more than that. So I, it was just blew my mind. Anyways, verse 10. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. Now, a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. Verse 12. So all the demons begged him saying, send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There was about 2,000. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the, the swine fled, right? Those guys freaked out, man. They were just like, what? Oh my gosh. And they told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that had happened. So these guys saw what happened, totally freaked out. They went out and told everyone around, hey, you wouldn't believe this. This guy, Jesus, spoke to the, 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 the spirits that were inside this guy and man they all ran into the swine and then our swine ran in and jumped off the thing and they're all dead and oh my gosh come check it out right and I'm sure people were like hey, I don't know if I want to check that out that's kind of kind of weird right but it says they went out to see what had happened then they came to Jesus verse 15 and saw the one who had been demon possessed and had the and had the legion sitting I love this Sitting and clothed and in his right mind. Where do you get the clothes? You know, I, at least that's how my mind thinks. I think, where do you get the clothes? So either, man, Jesus was carrying some clothes with him. You know, he had his little travel case with him with the rollers on it and everything. He's pulling it along. And, you know, he's like, hey, let's get some clothes. Because the guy was living it in the tombs, cutting, doing all kinds of crazy, crazy stuff. But here he is. He's clothed and he's in his right mind, meaning he is no longer driven, guided, in bondage to these spirits. So then it says, again, in ver uh, let's see. And this is, and they were afraid, verse 16. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him to depart from their region. To me, that's funny. Because I, mean, I don't want no part of that. Right? So, hey, can you just, Jesus, can you just go? We don't want you around because you're bringing some weird stuff here. Crazy, huh? You would think, oh my gosh, I want to hang with this dude. I want to know more. I want to be able to experience. But these people were very like, oh, wait, 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 wait. You're, you're, you're totally ruining the religious thing around here, the way we see things. Okay, verse 18. And when he got to the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. 
However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends, tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. Verse 20, and then he departed and began to proclaim in uh, Decapolis. Now, Decapolis is not a city. It's actually a, a bunch of cities all around the area. So he was going from city to city to city to city, like 10 Greek cities, and, and telling them all about that what Jesus had done for him, and they all marveled, okay? So here's this guy who is in, has the scriptures describe him, demon-possessed, demonized, and he is set free by Jesus. And then he goes out and he proclaims, man, this is what happened to me. Jesus set me free because Jesus didn't want to see Jesus could have just said no I, I that's just the way it is I just you're just gonna have to live that way sorry buddy no because Jesus's heart is that every single person would be set free from the hand of the enemy from the bondage that sometimes we're in from the things that we get addicted to from the things that are a part of our lives that are ungodly unholy Jesus is looking at and says man I, I'm Every single one of us, in some way, shape, or form, you know, we got saved, right? And I think when we were unsaved, Jesus looked at us just as he looked at this guy and said, man, I want to set you free, right? And we're like, yeah, okay, man, I give my heart to you. I love you. You are my savior. And you know what? He cleanses us, right? We agree to that. He comes and he cleanses us. But then we get into our lives on the Christian side of it. And sometimes we're not perfect yet. Sometimes we still got issues. Sometimes, you know, we ain't this bright, shiny star that's all just perfect. No, we got stuff that we still have baggage, we could say that, that we're still clinging to, holding on to, that we're still trying to work through. Well, some of that baggage still could be influenced by the enemy. Yet, sometimes we don't recognize that. We just think, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but we just think, man, oh, it's just a weakness of mine. Yeah, it's just a weakness. And I'm really working on it. I'm really trying. But you know what? Sometimes we got to look at things through a spiritual lens to be able to say, hmm, I wonder if there's some things in my life that are that I have given place to, I've opened myself up to, to allow this, this influence, this, this ungodly influence, this demonic influence to control my life in certain areas. I, I'm getting ahead of myself, but we'll, 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 we'll kind of, we'll, we'll double back to that. So let me give you, give you some truths, okay? So that we can know and we can believe that these things are true, okay? Because we, we're going to build, like we're on the bottom foundation right here, and we're going to try to build over the next several weeks and build kind of this, this freedom house for you, okay? So the first point today is demons are real, Demons are real. Now, man, you just heard that word demon. Oh my gosh, Pastor Scott, are we really going to talk about that? Yes, a little bit. We're going to talk about that because that's part of this oppression. That's part of this bondage that happens, yet sometimes we don't realize. Now, a person, now listen to this, a person can't get free if they don't know and believe that demons are real. Let me say it again. A person can't get free if they don't know and believe that demons are real. Throughout the Gospels, we can see that Jesus recognized 
their reality, right? He recognizes the reality by his encounters that he has with them. And he also talks about them. The word demon in the Bible is used 82 times in the New Testament and 61 times in the Gospels. You know, and you think, well, why is there such an upswing in the Gospels? Man, is the Gospels like totally fascinated with it? Well, no, I don't think so. But here's the reason why I think. is because no one really knew that they had authority over demonic spirits until Jesus showed up. And so when Jesus shows up, Man, the writers of the Gospels through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit are right now. Man, he deals with this. He, he, he like just nips it in the bud. He goes after it because he wants to let people to be set free from the strongholds, from the things, the bondages that are in people's lives. And so Matthew 8.16 8, says this. I'm going to give you a couple verses just to, to verify it. Matthew 8.16. When evening had come... They brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. I love that, with with a word, right? I I mean, I want to know what that a word was. I mean, it's just, you know, like, wow, okay? Or it does, that's, I think, the fascinating thing to me. That's how my mind works again. I'm sorry for the way my mind works. But you would think, cast out the spirits with 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 some words, or with the actual statement. All this is is a word. So it was it just out. And they had to obey. I don't know. Too cool for me. Anyways. Matthew. Then, and then again in Matthew uh, chapter 9. Verse 32 to 33. As they went out. Behold. They brought to, uh, brought to him a man. Mute and demon possessed. And when the demon was cast out. The mute spoke. And the multitudes marveled saying. Man. It was never seen like this in Israel. Man, this has never happened. We've never seen these things. Man, what a testimony to who, what, who Jesus is, right? Uh, another one, Matthew chapter 17, verse 18. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him. And the child was cure, cured from that very hour. So we can see through Scripture that demons are real, Right? And if we, we struggle with that, and if we can't see that in Scripture, then it, then it creates this doubt in us. There, there are people who doubt that. Um, reading in, in, in some of the, um, the commentaries, as I was watching uh, some of the stuff on, on, on the, the message, they were saying that some um, theologians actually think that back then, the, is, um, the Jewish people thought that anytime anybody acted differently than what um, they should or, or, you know, when they were demon-possessed, actually, they were just mentally unstable, right? And so they were just like, yeah, he's not casting out demons. He's just helping these mentally unstable people. Well, that's heresy, right? And you would have to take out a whole chunk of the Bible and the Gospels if we were to go with that, that idea, that thought. But that, as you know, is totally not true. And so we, we have to look at it that way in the fact that, you know, Jesus sets people free when they are in bondage. Okay? Pastor Jack Hayford paraphrased a quote from the preface of uh, C.S. Lewis's book, The Screwtape Letters. You ever read that book before? 
And what that is, the screw tape letters, is a, um, an older uh, um, commanding demonic per, uh, influence or, or person is writing letters back to a brand new demonic demon type thing. And so he's explaining to him the things that you need to do, the things that you would, how people are kind of gullible to and how you can enter in and work in and all this stuff. So it's a great read. Uh, you know, don't, don't, don't let her freak you out, right? But it's a great read to where you can just kind of maybe get a little bit of a hint. C.S. Lewis loved God, and so was this book. But this is what he said. This is how he paraphrased it. There are two groups of people that Satan absolutely loves and gets excited over. Okay, you ready? The skeptic and the superstitious. The skeptic and the superstitious. The skeptic says... Demons don't exist. They're only in Bible times. They're not real for today. Then there are those who the super, are superstitious. And I don't even know if I really like the word superstitious for this. But it says, um, those are um, the, those people who see a demon behind every door, every bush, every rock. Right? They're, they're, they're thinking that demons are the cause for every sin, every sickness, every single problem that takes place. But they, they're discounting, wait, we have a choice in some of these things, right? Yeah. I mean, when I, when I had my heart attack, um, a large part of that, man, was the fact that I just kept eating. Man, I, I was gluttonous. It wasn't because I had some influence on my life that was going to give me the heart attack. But see, some people see it as, oh man, the enemy was just after you. He was, but man, see, I was making choices day by day by day to eat whatever I want and whatever it looked like. And man, you know what? I was like huge. But see, that wasn't, I, I honestly, I was not influenced or in bondage to food. I was making a choice just to, to eat and eat to my heart's content. So there's a big difference there. Okay. So, as I said, the reason why Satan loves both of these types is because both of these camps, hear me when I say it, are really deceived. They are really deceived in thinking that they are right. Yet, really what needs to happen is they need to come to the middle of the road. They come, need to come to a middle camp and be able to look at it and say, hey, you know what? I don't deny that demons don't exist, right? But I don't see them as a problem to every single thing that happens. That's the middle camp. Not, you're not way over on this side or way over on that side. You're in the middle camp that knows and acknowledges their existence and that spiritual oppression can happen. So we got to find ourselves in the middle camp. Not in, nah, I don't think those things are real. That's not, not really true. No, we need to find ourselves right in the middle that says, yeah, I, I believe that those things can be a part of this, this atmosphere these, and, and influences. But then we're not going around every single thing and pulling up a rock and going, is there one under here? Is there one under here? You know, because I don't know if you've ever met, met people like that, but I have. And I, God bless them. But man, sometimes it's just a little too intense. And you're like, oh, wait a minute, slow down. Let's get back. So we've got to be in the middle camp. So demons are real. And the next, and next, if, if we, why, what did I write here? I don't even know. 
but demons are real. Okay? Our second point. Demons really do enter people. Demons really do enter people. John chapter 10 verse 1 says, Most assuredly I say to you, talking to us, he who does not enter the sheepfold. Okay? Now the sheepfold is the believers. It says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door. Who's the door? Jesus. Jesus is the door. But climbs up some other way into the sheepfold. The same is a thief and a robber. So Jesus is saying a thief can get in. Think about it. You're out, wait, 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 wait. Aren't I bought by the blood? Aren't I, aren't I, man, you know, established as a Christian? Yes. But see, if you leave your door open, if you leave your window open, he's looking for every opportunity to get in. Do you hear me? Okay. He's looking for every opportunity to get in. He won't come in through Jesus. That's what Jesus is saying. He ain't coming in by me. He ain't going through the proper door. But you know what? If you leave a crack open in your door, if you leave a crack open in your window, there it is. That, that's when things begin to happen. And, and as you know, John 10, 10, right? What's his primary goal? The thief does not come to accept to steal and to kill and to destroy. So he, he, he's out to do this in your life. He just doesn't give up because you're, oh, well, now you're a Christian. I'll give up. No, he doesn't want you to walk in freedom. So even if you're a Christian, he still wants to be able to come in and he wants to oppress you so that you're not living a life of freedom. That you're always hung up on things in your life that you just can't seem to get victory over. Man, he wants to break that in Jesus' name, right? So looking at Mark chapter 5, verse 2 again, it says that the man living among the tombs, right? It said that when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Now, the phrase with an unclean spirit in the Greek means in the grip, listen, in the grip of an unclean spirit or in the control of an unclean spirit. Which meant that Mark was saying the man didn't have, listen to me when I say this, didn't have an unclean spirit, the unclean spirit had him. Does that make sense? Because you look at it and go, well, yeah, but no, it said that he had an unclean spirit. Yeah, but what he was trying to say behind the scenes, it wasn't like this guy, man, was born and he just had this unclean spirit with him the whole time. But something happened in his life where this unclean spirit attached itself to him, grabbed a hold of him, right, and began to control him. It literally had a grip and control in his life. And so the demoniac needed to be, really, and was set free and delivered from Satan's grip and control by Jesus. And the, and the thing is, I was thinking about, it, this is not a fairy tale. You know, some people will look at it and go, well, yeah, you know. But no, it's not a fairy tale. This is a true story. Okay? This really, really happened. So then, can a Christian, okay, because some people might think about this, 
Can a Christian be demon-possessed? Okay, now, now listen to me. Don't think Hollywood movie, okay, where the head is spinning around, right? And there's foam and all kinds, and you're looking in a mirror, and you see another face, you know, instead of yours. Don't think Hollywood movie, okay? But a Christian, listen to this, cannot be owned, key word, owned by, by a demon, a Christian cannot be owned by a demon because we're owned by God. Okay? We're owned by God. Now, in the, the original Greek word of demon, basically, um, when it says demon possession, is a kind of a compound word. And I'll, I'll, I'll butcher these things, but uh, the, first, the, the first word demon is uh, diomi, and then the part, second part is zomai which means to possess, okay? Now, the interesting thing about zomai is it's not a word about ownership, okay? Instead, it's a word that means to gain mastery over, control over, or power over, okay? So a Christian can't be demon-possessed, but the demon can have mastery over them, control over them. And, And... we have to get to the point in, in, in somewhere in our lives where we've got to understand that, you know what? We can't be owned by one, but they can run interference, right? To try to gain control by influencing a Christian from the inside when given access. That's another key. Are you giving access, right? So how do we give them access, Right? Or how do we let them climb up some other way? Well, one of the ways is by us not resisting the influence. James chapter 4 right, says, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and what does it say? He shall flee from you. So that's one of the ways. We got to resist the enemy. We can't just let him live. Like, you know, you, you, you come home. And you forgot to lock your front door. And you come home and someone's in your house. Going through stuff. Right? Eating your food. Going to take your TV away. Going to take all that. You're not going to just sit there and go, oh, hey. Well, don't take the TV. Why don't you just live with us? Why don't you just, you know, live with us and we'll provide food for you and we'll do all that. Do you understand what I'm talking about? The, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Man, sometimes what we do is these influences, these things that we give our life to that we know are ungodly and unholy, we just go ahead and just kind of say, hey, we'll hang out. I can't really do anything about it. It's a weakness. So, man, just hang out. Just, you know, I'll feed you. I'll, I'll make sure that you're comfortable. And, and when you want to pop up, in my life, man, pop up and you do your thing and then I'll feel really guilty and like, oh man, I don't want to do that again. But see, we don't do anything to resist that intruder. We don't do anything oftentimes. Now, you might say, no, hey, that's not me, Pastor Scott. Then praise God, I'm glad that's not you. But man, a large portion of people don't understand that, that they just kind of open that door and they just kind of let that person hang out and that, 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 that influence hang out and just be a part and oh it only happens occasionally it's just the weakness but man it's so true we've got to be able to shut those doors and those windows we'll talk about that next week right 
But really, you know, and you might say, well, okay, give me an example. Really simple and easy example is when you're just walking in disobedience again and again and again. When you know you're not supposed to cross that line, you're not supposed to do those things, you just kind of keep doing it over and over again, and you're living according to fleshly um, desires and wants, that, what happens then is you're opening the door. You're opening the window. You're forgetting your keys, right? That's why Jesus said, man, I've given you the keys of the kingdom. To lock the door, right? To lock the door. And so we have to be in this position to to resist him daily, hourly, by the minute, by the second. And if you're born again, right? You're born again spirit, you're led by the Holy Spirit has to be greater than the flesh. It's got to be. And if, and if that's something that you struggle with or you want work on, man, every day, thank the Lord. Thank you that my spirit man is greater than my flesh man. And keep saying that to yourself if you got to. And what's going to happen is, that, man, your, your spirit man is going to begin to rise up. And all of a sudden, hey, whoa, 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 whoa flesh man. Right? Go back to like cartoons or whatever. You know, they got that long arm right in front of their, you know, right in front of their face. And say, no, my spirit man is leading me. He's guiding and directing me by what God has to say. And therefore, I don't have to live according to my fleshly wants and my fleshly desires. Okay? But we've got, we've got to begin to apply it. And, and we have to understand too, you know, the enemy... Um, and, and his influence, um, when he gains access is really very subtle. It's not this big traumatic thing. You, you might get a traumatic, like a big, boom, you know, thing happen, but a lot of times he just kind of seeps in, you know, you, I think about it this way. Sometimes it's, it's like, um, natural gas. When you have a gas leak in your house. Okay. At first you don't smell it, but it's there. Right? And then over time, you're like, wait, 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 I smell something. Is that gas? And it's like, it's right there staring at you. And if you don't do anything to stop that, what's going to happen? Man, your house is going to explode. It's going to be in shambles. Same principle when we, we allow this, this influence, we allow this oppression of the enemy to come into our life. And at first, it's very subtle. At first, we just think, ah, oh, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. But then we kind of start thinking, man, this is something I can't get rid of in my life. This is something that I always seem to lean towards. You know, a lot of times drugs are like that, where we, you know, just take a little bit. Because, you know, like you get medication from a doctor and, you know, they just say, cut it off when we say cut it off. But you keep going on the same medication, that will lead you to all of a sudden you're not thinking right anymore. And you're thinking crazy stuff, right? Now the medication has control over you instead of you having control over the medication. Same principle. When we allow those doors open and allow the enemy to come in, he will begin to control you and you no longer have control over yourself. And then you're getting all kinds of crazy and you're getting all kinds of, you know, like, why, why am I acting this way? Why do I keep stumbling in this one area of my life? Well, it's because you're giving place to it, to allow it to keep going. And so we've got to understand that we've, we can have victory, okay? We can have victory 
in every single area. But we've got to be able to take the knowledge, right? We've got to be able to say, hey, you know what? I think I'm in bondage in this area. And if I'm in bondage in this area, then you know what? Here's the good news. Satan can stop, oh, Satan can't stop you from coming to Jesus. Okay? You don't, don't think, man, I, man, I'm so messed up. I'm so jacked up. Oh my gosh, I don't think Jesus would have anything to do with me. That is such a lie of the enemy. But he, he wants you to understand that Satan can't stop you from coming to Jesus. If he couldn't stop the guy with 6,000 demons, right, who was all crazy, then, I mean, he couldn't, he couldn't stop that guy from coming to Jesus. And none of you got 6,000. So you can come to Jesus and you can experience what Jesus has for you. Which leads me to my third point. Jesus really does cast out demons. Jesus really does cast out demons. Okay? Again, great example. We've already read it. I'm not going to go back into it. But Mark chapter 5. Right? I mean, when you think about it, if Jesus could do it for him, he can do it for you. Even if you just got a small, little, tiny oppression or a tiny thing going on, he wants to deliver you from it. He doesn't want you to hang on to that addiction. He doesn't want you to hang on to unforgiveness. He doesn't want you to hang on to hatred. He doesn't want you to hang on to all this stuff. He wants to sever it so that you can walk in freedom. But see, we hold on to it, and therefore we're not really walking in freedom. We're walking in all this stuff. So let's look at something right here and just to kind of help us understand. Because Jesus has given us the authority. He's bestowed it upon us to do the exact same thing he did in Mark chapter 5. In your life and in other people's life. Okay? Because we can see this truth when Jesus sent out... In, in Mark chapter 3, he sent out the 12 disciples. And they went out. And they prayed for people. And they cast out demons and healed people. Then it says, he sent 70 disciples out to minister in his name. Luke chapter 10, verse 17 and 18. Says this. Then the 70 returned with joy. Man, they were excited. They were happy. Saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Even they are in whose name? Yeah, not in, you know, Charlie's name or in, you know, Fred or, you know, Juanita or whatever. It's in Jesus' name. Okay? Now, that word subject, to me, is really powerful because it's a Greek word, hupoteso, and it's a military, it's militarily, um, it's a military word or whatever. To depict a soldier who falls in line when a commander gives an order by submitting to his authority. Think about that. It wasn't Jesus. It was the 70. And the 70 said, we saw it with our own eyes. They were subject to us in your name. 
So Jesus has given us, the church, right, the power and the authority to cast them out. Because he's not on this earth, but he realizes and recognizes that, you know what, there's still issues that have to be dealt with. And so if there's issues that still have to be dealt with, who's going to do it? His, his believers, his, his, his disciples, the, us, being able to recognize, okay, there, there's an issue here, and it's not an issue that's just going to be wa- wa- washed away. There's some things that we've got to be able to look at and be able to pinpoint and be able to say, okay, hey, you know what? Whatever this spirit is that's behind it, like, you know, there's a spirit of lust. And sometimes people open themselves out to lust by pornography, by things like that. There's a spirit behind it, right? Because a lot of times people go, I don't know why I do it. I know it's wrong. I shouldn't do it. I, 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 yeah, because there's a spirit driving you. Because at some point... And I remember this as a kid in the back of the boys' locker room, in the very back side of it, one of my friends had a book. Hey, check this out. This is middle school. Check this out. Oh my gosh, you know, as, as a seventh or eighth grade middle school boy. That, at that moment, opened a door into my life. I had no idea it did, but it opened a door into my life. And, and I, I'll tell you, there are times. That my mind can recall that moment and seriously can recall that picture. And I've got to be able to take authority over it and say, no, in Jesus' name, it will not have authority over me. It will not take dominion over me. I will not be in bondage to this. Right? But see, it's those little cracks that we allow in. And so here he is. He's, they're saying, man, they're subject. They fall in line to when we use your name. Verse 18 then says, he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. So Satan fell, right? He was kicked out of heaven and Jesus was right there, right? He was right there watching the whole thing take place. Lucifer was reduced to nothing. He was hurled out of God's presence forever. And I, I just, Jesus is not impressed with Satan. Think about it. He's not impressed with Satan. You know, we're kind of like, oh, Jesus is like, he's nothing. He was kicked out of God's presence. And then let me give you Luke chapter 10 and 19 through 21. We're still in Luke. It says this, behold. Okay. Now, this is, this is really cool, right? Because it's almost like he's saying, wow, guys, what I'm about to tell you is so amazing. What I'm about to tell you right now is just so amazing. I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. Now he's talking types and shadows here. He's not talking about the stingy things or anything like that, right? He's actually referring to demons. He says, I give you the authority. Who do you give it to? Us, right? To trample on serpents and scorpions and over all, is all mean all? Yes, it does. Over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. He says, man, don't get all excited and, you know, be whatever. I mean, that's just not the exciting part. Here's the exciting part. So he says, don't, 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 um, don't rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. It's the same word. But rather rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Right? Man, it's almost like... 
it's just, this is just part of who you are as a believer when your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. It's just part of it. It's, it's like your, your, your uh, employee package or something like that, right? It's your K510K or whatever, five, I don't know how you say it. That just shows you I don't have one. Anyways, all right. Verse 21, in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, I thank you, Father. Now, he, he, he goes and off to pray, right? After this, all this great things happen. He said, man, don't just be excited about their subject to you. But man, just be excited that you're in the Lamb's book of life. Then he, then he goes off and he rejoices. It says, in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from wise and prudent. I would say the wise and prudent are probably the religious leaders. The know-it-alls. The ones that say, hey, yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't deal with demons. You can't deal with, with, with these things. Okay? And then he says, and you revealed them to babes. What's he talking about? He's talking about the young believers. The ones who just went out. The 70 that were bold enough to say, I know and believe what Jesus has given me. The authority to go out and minister the kingdom in his name, to cast out demons, to heal the sick. Wow. But he's, he, he just is excited about that. He says, even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. So that basically leaves us with two choices. Either you leave them in or you cast them out. Right? I choose cast them out. Let's cast them out, man. Don't, don't let them leave, live in there. So I'm going to give you just one more thing, and I don't want you to leave discouraged. That's why we're going to look at this one more thing, okay? Because you might be thinking, well, there are certain things in my life that maybe now I can consider this might be a bondage. And if it's a bondage, then recognize it before the Lord. Talk to him about it. Have, you know, maybe a very confident person or a, a, a confidant that you can say, hey, I got an issue in my life. I'm dealing with this. Would you be in prayer with me? Right? But don't leave here discouraged, okay? Because Jesus is the one that can set you free. I, you got to understand it, right? But let me show you how the freedom started, okay? Mark chapter 5, verse 6. When he, that's the, the demonic, uh, the, 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 um, the, the guy that was possessed. He said, when he saw Jesus from afar... He ran and worshiped him. Remember what I was saying? Satan can't stop you from getting to Jesus, right? The, 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 the demonic influence that he had was controlling him. But man, when that man knew and saw the son of God, nothing could stop him from coming to Jesus, right? And it said that he ran and he what? worshiped him he he got on his knees and he was like son of god right and then you know all this stuff was going on and even the, you know it's funny too because you know what i mean the demons recognized he was the son of god like what are you doing here man don't cast this out into another region but they recognized it but nothing could stop him so for us we have to recognize that, you know what? Yes, demons are real. Yes, we can be oppressed 
but not controlled or owned as a Christian by, by the devil because we're owned by God. And the fact is, is that, you know what? In the circumstances of our life, if we allow the Holy Spirit to kind of begin to open us up and begin to show us where maybe there are areas in our life that really, there is some oppression, there is some um, possession or whatever you want to call it in our life that's causing us to keep doing things that are ungodly and unrighteous, that we can easily go to Jesus and run to him if you have to. Get on your knees and worship him and acknowledge to him that he's the one who can sever, right? He can cast, he can move, remove these things. And then you do your part, okay? It might sound crazy, but sometimes you got to talk to, to whatever that is and say, ah, uh, you ain't got me today. We ain't going there. I'm living in freedom. So you know what? You can just go ahead and leave my life. You can go ahead and just kind of walk away. I'm good with that. I don't need you anymore. I got Jesus. But man, we've got to have God's word in our life because God's word can, continues to act as something that we can use against the enemy, right? Talks about how it's a two-edged sword. Well, let's use that. Just even knowing what we know right here, what we've learned today, use that and say, yeah, you're real, but Jesus is more, is more real. Jesus can deliver me and I'm taking the authority that he's given to those uh, like 70. I'm one of those 70, okay? Although it's a lot more now. I don't know how many Christians there are in the world, but count yourself among them, Right? And every one of them, just like those 70, can, can cast out those things in your life. And, 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 and it doesn't say it here, but, but, but it, but, and I didn't bring it up. But it also, it, it, it kind of talks about how almost like Jesus had to say it a couple times for, for them to leave. And you think, well, man, one word should have been it. But see what a great example it is of what we need to do. Man, just because we say it one time and it doesn't happen, we just shouldn't give up. We should keep commanding. We should keep uh, the authority over them. And just know that they're subject to you because of who Jesus is in your life. So what we're going to do is we're going to close up right here. I'm going I'm to pray real quick. And um, I'm going to just offer the opportunity when we get done. If you... Um, are compelled or triggered by some, and, and, you, and you want someone to pray for you, okay? Um, I'll be up here. Um, I'm going to ask Larry and Lorraine if you guys would be up here on one side over here too, um, and we can keep the six feet distant thing and all that stuff. Or if you just want to make it personal between you and God, the altar's open. Come up here. Come up to the altar. Kneel before the Lord. You talk to him. You, 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 you get, it, get it right with him. And you know what? We will respect your privacy. We will let you do, stay as long as you want. Okay? Because we want you to be in freedom. That's God's heart for you. And so, no pressure. Just letting you know. Right? Or, if you want to go home and chew on this a little bit. And really think about it. And really kind of, you know, whatever. Then, next week. Come back, okay? Because I'm going to guarantee you, the enemy does not want you to hear this series. And he's going to challenge you to not come back. But come back next week. And then talk to someone. 
Talk to me. Talk, get, get before the Lord on the altar. And, and, and let's, let's, get, let's get each and every one of us walking in freedom. Because, man, that's what God has for us. Are you with me? Yeah? All right, I'm going to pray real quick. And then we will wrap this thing up. Holy Spirit, speak to each one of our hearts, me included. Where are there areas that we've opened doors? Where are there areas that there's cracks where the enemy has come in and built a stronghold in our life or has gotten his way in and not owned us, but have controlled us in certain areas? Today is a day that we want to begin to say we are free in Jesus' name. And so I thank you that your word continues throughout this week to scrub, to reveal, to open um, our eyes and our hearts to you so that we may live in victory in every area. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.